Previously on Steambox Versus, Bruce Leroy, the last dragon, shared the glow. The Iron Sheep broke backs and made us humble. Michio Kaku showed us how to find dark matter. Samus and Megarad led a rap battle for the ages, and we plunged into virtual reality in Ready Player One. Will Steambox make it back to Ghibli in Japan? Will the Boston Celtics dunk on us? Will the Dragon Ball Z narrator ever join the crew? Stay tuned and find out on Steambox Versus. Hey, this is Roberto. I'm back with another Steambox podcast. Today I'm with my Warriors from Central Falls. Warriors, please say what's up to the world. What's up? Yes, we have Lori Mendoza here. She's the community relations manager at Nordson. Lori, did I get this right or did I flub another one? Nope, you got it right. Lori, we are happy to have you here. Welcome. You drove in some weather today from, is it Northern Mass? Western Mass? Northern. So I live in Lawrence, Mass. Lawrence Mass. Have any of you heard of Lawrence Mass before? No, and I'm a Massachusetts baby, so I don't know why. <laughs> I, I assure you it exists. Uh, welcome. We're so happy that you made the troop to come and visit us today. Uh, we wanted to get to know you a little bit better, and I think it was probably mutual, so we're probably going to do that on the podcast. Forgive us, audience, if we are self-indulgent on our questions, getting to know each other. Um, but... I'm gonna start with Cam today. Cam is our freshman, uh, freshman president. Are you the president of all freshmen? All right. Chloe's vice. What? Chloe's vice president. Chloe is vice president. All right. I'm starting with the president. Chloe's not even here. I know. <laughs> uh, my first, well, my question is, what do you hope to achieve one day? Like, I don't know. What do you hope to like? With the position at Nordson? Like, yeah. So what I love most about my job is that I'm able to make a difference in the community by giving money and resources to nonprofit organizations like Roberto's that is doing amazing work to support youth and uh, individuals. Um, and so what I hope to accomplish by what I do is to make a difference in the community and to give opportunity for everyone that I encounter um, to continue to do great work and make a difference in the world and be connected and be a part of something bigger. So we're just getting to know you, and you are just discovering Steambox. So I'm wondering, uh, what's been the biggest... Uh, give, let's give a shout-out to an organization, one of, a, one of our neighboring organizations who's doing some good work. What's the, like, can you point to any work that you're like, this group is doing some really cool stuff? Yes, I can point out to um, Providence Promise. Providence Promise. Yes. So they're an organization, a nonprofit organization in Providence that is uh, working with students, mainly with the families and the students, to um, have like a, a funding or a savings towards um, educational opportunities, like to go to college. So like a savings plan. But beyond that, they've been doing a lot of great work to have a lot of family and youth engagement. And so recently, um, I talked to them and met with them and told them everything that we do as a foundation to give back to the community and engage our employees in volunteering with nonprofits. And they were so excited that they decided to do their own um, uh, service project. So they 
kind of the youth group, there were about 20 of them, got together and they discussed some things that they thought were important to deal with or issues in their community. And that one that they chose was domestic violence. Okay. Um, in relationships um, and friendships. And so they decided to um, do a fundraiser. So they did a lot of research. They did a lot of, um, you know, background work to mm -hmm. kind of figure out the issue and how they could help make a difference and what organization they would support. Um, and so they did all that work and they did a fundraiser and I agreed that we would match them. So whatever they fundraise, we matched. And they fundraise um, over $400 and we were able to match that and help make a difference for a cause that they thought was really important. Um, so I think that that was uh, something that was very unique. Um, and an opportunity for me again like today to directly engage with the youth um, and in programming um, and not just giving grants right. but also being a part of that change and a part of the the um, process I, I love it I love it we are we I bet there's so much overlap between the organizations that's another one of the that's why we're talking about uh, love and romance and that's our lead-in with that particular group but we're going to wrap it up with professionals from the Katie Brown Educational Program, another nonprofit, so that they could come in. Because I'm just too obnoxious to have these conversations with people. If we're going to talk about uh, potentially uh, domestic violence or unhealthy relationships, that's why we want to have experts in the room. Thank you for your question. What's your question for Lori? Uh, how did you find out about STEAM? About Steambox? Yeah. So Roberto applied for a grant, and that was the first time that I had heard about it. But actually, um, I'm excited to know through his application that he is connected to another um, organization that we do support and fund, which is uh, the Highlander Charter School, correct? Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. So we support Derek Colomati from, yeah. from the school there. Um, so, yeah. Derek is doing a lot of stuff here at the learning community yeah. in Central Falls. Uh, are you, have you guys heard too much about Highlander? Is anybody getting jealous about the Highlander students? I just want to make sure you're getting a little bit jealous. Yeah, cut it out. All right, cool. My bad. Uh, I accidentally called. So for our audience at home, I accidentally referred to this group as my Highlander group, and uh, they started throwing tomatoes at me, which is unfortunate. I know. I got I got booed out of the building. Uh, but they're kids from your very own community, so yeah, absolutely. No need to boo your own people. No, no, we're not booing them. We're booing him. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Booing me. Booing me. And shout out to Derek. Uh, Derek's a friend of mine. Derek is a really cool guy. Uh, and did you know that Derek is also a stand-up comedian? I did not, but I can tell. I guess now that you're saying that in his you personality, get, you get that in his energy. Uh, yeah, definitely. You and I are gonna have to go to the next time he has a stand-up set. We're gonna have to check it out. Okay. What is your question for Lori? What does a normal day look like for you? Because your job is more obscure than like normal jobs, mm -hmm. I would say. Yep. So I just want to know. So one of the things I love most about my job is that I'm able to be out and about throughout the day. So none of my days look exactly the same. Um, it's not a nine to five at my desk type of job, perhaps mostly nine to five, but not at my desk. I'm out in the community. I'm engaging with nonprofits, with youth and individuals like yourselves. I am out there kind of learning about what's happening in the communities and where we can help make a difference. And so, yeah, so that's kind of like what my day looks like. Like today I had, um, I was in the office. Uh, normally I work, I'm based out of Salem, New Hampshire, but I work, so I work in Salem, New Hampshire slash Mass. I work in Pennsylvania, I work in Connecticut, I work here in Rhode Island, um, and so every 
so often I'm in a different location, a different state, working with you know similar programs and organizations, but um, in totally different states. So yeah, so my days never the, the same. Do you know where the best food is in each of those locations? Like if you're in Connecticut, you know like where to go for a good lunch. I do pretty yeah. much, um, but I have to say that Rhode Island is my favorite food hub. <laughs> It, as it should be, Rhode Island's earned. Rhode Island has earned that right. Yeah, like, with Johnson and Wynn. Where's your favorite restaurant in Rhode Island then? Because the fast food here ain't it. I have so many of them. One of them is Metacom Kitchen. I don't know Metacom Kitchen. Oh my God, they do this uh, thing called uh, Mystery Mondays, and they have like a scratch kitchen, so everything's fresh, and you get to select like a three course menu. Yeah. You get to select. Um, you know, th different options, but it's a surprise. So you could uh, select one, I think, diff three different kinds, but you don't know what you're going to get till you get it. Is that in Providence? That's not a, right in Providence. That's in, uh, I can't remember. It's out, a little outside of Providence. Okay. Come I, on, let's it I would say El Paso here in Central Falls is, that's my jam. Uh, they just reopened. They're a little, their structure is a little weird since they reopened, but I, I think they're going to work it out. But that's my jam. Uh, who? What is the best? What's a place in Central Falls that she should definitely check out? I live right next to El Paso. You live next to El Paso. Mm -hmm. Have you been there? Am I lying? It's it's bomb, right? No, it's really good. It is that's really good. good. It, so El Paso is the answer for Central Falls. You I like Stanley's too. Like Stanley's too. Onion. 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 Just ask for no onion. I haven't yet tried anything in Central Falls. Usually I do a lot of Providence, right in Providence. Yeah. So that's something for me to check out. Thank you. Uh, what? Oh, I thought CJ had a shout out. Um, okay. No, no, that's cool. Uh, before I get to Adam, you talked about a non, like a, a job that, a job that is, what was the word that you used? Obscure. Obscure. Um, so... Is that something that's interesting to you? A job where you have more flexibility, or do you pre or do you prefer more structure? I can't sit down at a desk all day. School has taught me that one thing. That's the one thing school has taught me. I can't do it. So yeah, it's more interesting. So you're like me. To know about my <laughs> options. Yeah. And I would say, and I, I I feel like, and I what I don't want this to be is I don't want to turn into pitch mode. But I would also say that's a lot of what Steambox provides is we're doing hands-on stuff. Like we're gonna. <laughs> Learn by putting our hands on things. Am I lying? What is no, you're why, not. Why do you laugh at me? It's like product placement in a movie. It, it is. It really is. I feel. I, I feel. Uh, I feel like disgusting for you having done that. Uh, what's your? Did you have something to add? Yeah, because I have to go in like a little bit, so I want to really ask my question. Yeah, go ahead. Um, since your job isn't something that I see a lot of children at least like wishing for, what was your childhood dream? When you were so a kid? I originally always thought uh, thought about being a teacher. Then after that, I thought about going into psychology to work with youth. Um, and then it just ended up being that I got into the nonprofit sector. So before coming to Norton and doing what I'm doing, I actually was an executive director for an after-school program, um, okay. running, running that for a few years, about four years in, um, in Lawrence, Mass. Um, and then Norton was one of my funders, and then they kind of, introduced me to the opportunity and then I figured well you know I work with my youth I'm always teaching them to seek opportunities to better their lives and to enrich um, their families and their their own um, situations and so I needed to kind of uh, follow what I was preaching right and so although I left with a heavy heart um, you know I, I took the opportunity to come to Norton. So my question is what's the hardest part about your job? The hardest part about my job is 
there's a couple of things. One of them is when I have to say no to a nonprofit that is doing amazing work. Um, and most of the time, the majority of the time, it's, be, it's not because of what they're not doing. It's because we have limited budgets. So that's the hardest part for me. And then another one of the hardest parts for me is that because I do travel a lot, that means that I have to uh, leave my family aside when I'm traveling. Um, which now, I mean, my kids are all grown adults now, so it's easy, but it's still like I have a grandson who's three years old and when I have to be away for weeks at a time and, you know, I, I miss my family um, and, and being in your, not being in my home. Um, so that part of it is sometimes a challenge. Um, like well, this week, I'm in Rhode Island for the entire week. Um, so I'll be away from my family. And even though it's only about an hour and a half away, it took me two hours today with traffic. Um, but still, it's being away from home and my family. So those are the two hardest parts, but they're manageable. Lori's an abuela? She is. <laughs> I don't understand the math on that. Pandemic time has been insane. So I, this is, our students have asked a question like this to me before. Uh, so I'm going to pass on the question, whether or not any of them are thinking of it right now. Why are grandmas so much nicer to the grandkids than they are as parents? Yeah, to their own kids. Do you find that? Do you find that your grandkids have it way easier than your kids had it from in your relationship? So my kids, well, my daughter, because it's my daughter's son, um, and I joke all the time that about that. Yeah. Um, and it's really true, but I think it's because it's almost like a second chance for us as uh, grandparents to be engaged in a different way and do things differently and we don't have to worry so much about the everyday so it's like mom you can't tell him to say that <laughs> but yes i can <laughs> but she's like but i'm the one who has to deal with him later with it so just it's funny but it's not funny but it's fun but you just love them in a totally different way your grandkids are not catching the chancleta right no, like that's the your no, grandkids no, are not no. getting the chancleta <laughs> for for uh the first generation uh so for my parents uh they just say that if i ever get a kid they're getting spoiled and i have to deal with it it's also because it's not their job to parent anymore they could just be the good the cool grandpa <laughs> exactly, cool grandma you're yeah. right it's they can't they don't have to be the villain anymore so they just get complacent and then you have to suffer when you're the parent. Yeah, yeah, it's I know. Kind of fun though. Yeah, but it makes it tricky now because now as a dad, now as a dad, now I got to balance off them getting spoiled, right, or being told that it's okay to like you know whatever because grandpa says so. All my mom's like kids are like growing up. I'm the youngest, so she's already saying that she wants a grandkid. She doesn't even like. Wait, there's pressure on you to have babies? Not no, not me. Like the rest of my family. The rest, oh, I see. But you are the baby, so you don't have that pressure. Not yet. Oh, good. Good. You tell them the freshman class president says no by rule of the freshman class president. Um, my question is, what's a moment in your life where you felt the most motivated? Um, I mean, I think I try to find motivation every day in what I do, um, whether I'm at home, whether um working so I don't know that there's a specific time but I I think when I'm engaged in rooms like this oh, okay definitely it motivates me a lot because you know it's it's the part that I miss most about my career is not being directly engaged um, as much as I used to be um, and so yeah so I would say you know being in rooms like this as an ED now I don't want to give that up <laughs> 
I don't want to give that. I, I have before, and it's really hard to to watch people that you bring in to facilitate and not overstep as yeah. an ED yeah. because we, you know, I want to do it. I want to work directly with you guys. Um, what is that like for you? What is your motivation? Food. Food. <laughs> Food motivation. It's little things. Yep. Me too. Exactly. Okay. Uh, all right. We're not going to take a time out. So, Roberto, bring can... you snack? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just making sure. Okay. So, so first of all, talk about spoiling kids. Uh, <laughs> you spoil us. I brought them just munchkins today, but they will hit me up early in the day. If somebody thinks about it, they'll hit me up early in the day and be like, we, we require pizza today. <laughs> and I'll be I like, bro, it. I ain't got pizza money. And they'll be like, we're your boss, right? Like, this, you always say the students are the boss. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. all right, what kind of pizza, right? Like, like we have those conversations. But also, uh, this, this podcast started out just so that students can learn how to edit, right? So they can learn how to record. One of my students wanted to be a DJ. I'm sure there'll be a picture of him up at some point. Um, so I'm like, okay, we have too many students to teach everybody how to DJ, but we'll learn how to record, we'll learn how to edit, we'll learn how to post and publish, all of those things. Uh, some of these students, uh, Cam and Lewis, uh, started their own sub-podcast called Steambox After Dark. Um, but along the way, they learned that this podcast will take them places, right, to serve their own motivations, which is oftentimes food. And that's how we end up at... Uh, ben and Jerry's factory in Vermont, uh, making our own steam box ice cream at Ben and Jerry's factory. Uh, that's how we ended up at, we ended up at a, in a place called Boston Burger Company. Okay. They have freak burgers and freak milkshakes. So instead of a head chef, they have a lead engineer. Okay. Uh, we interviewed them on the podcast and this dude, uh, Blanquito, you know, he's, <laughs> he's pandering to the students the whole time and it was nice enough. He took his time. So we're going around and the students are like, I think this would make a great burger. I think this would make a great milkshake. But then this one Dominican student, uh, Brenda Lee, she says, uh, what? What? Why she? Why you got to call it her race, though? Uh, I think I'm trying to give her all the shout outs in the world on this. Uh, and I'm trying to give props. I'm trying to give props to our Dominican uh, young ah. people. Ah. Uh, she says, uh, she says we should have uh, tres leches milkshake. Mm, that with, sounds amazing. With uh, like she said, she, she said with some churros in it because she's thinking how they make yeah, these monstrosities. Yeah. And this dude leaned forward and was like, "Go on." Takes out a pencil, starts writing this stuff down. If you go to Boston Burger Company right now, you will see this milkshake as a permanent part of their menu. Imagine if you did that on this they podcast. They owe her something. They owe her something. They gave her nothing. <laughs> and and that head engineer is no longer there. I have the podcast to prove it. And we have the item on the menu afterward uh, to make a correlation. <laughs> we can prove this. Man. But they ain't coming off nothing. Not even a you free meal. You can't just be giving away all your ideas. They did hook us up. They did hook us up with milkshakes on the day, so that was okay. kind of cool. We got milkshakes. Okay, right. We'll let them go for that. Though. I also, but I also think that uh, two two things. One, to what you were saying, like the motivation happens here and through the podcast. They've learned how to play us, so that they can make this work towards them. We want to interview a chef. Students have said that, and then the chef comes in, and makes some food. That's um, but also, uh, that's one of the reasons that we're going to uh, Japan is so that we can interview people in our favorite industries. Uh, last time in Japan, it was Studio Ghibli. Uh, and so, yeah, your motivation, this time it's food, but whatever your motivation is, that's how Steambox works. That's what the beauty of this podcast has been. And if you go, Boston Burger Company, please do check out their uh, Chudo Milkshake. Um, it is amazing. Tres leches. With... 
Yes, yes, it is dope. Um, what's your question for Miss Mendoza? I wanted to ask, um, what, what are some of your favorite hobbies? Some of my favorite hobbies include, it's an expensive one, traveling, mm -hmm. which is why when you mentioned Japan, I was like, what? Have you Where been? Are we going? No, I have not. Not, okay. not to Japan. But one of my favorite places that I have been to is Cuba. Cuba. So that was an amazing experience. I went uh, right before the year before the pandemic. Okay. Um, and that was an amazing experience. I got to bring my two, I have twin boys aside from my daughter. They're, they're going to be 24 this month. So I got to take them. Um, and we just had an amazing time learning the culture, the experience, like we had to stand in line to buy things um, that our food is uh, and things, items are rationed. So you have to go stand in line, wait your turn and, you know, just be being a part of the experience, the everyday experience that they live to me is the most amazing part of travel. The culture. The culture, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so that's one of my favorite things. Um, I also like shopping. Um, I like movie going. I used to love going to the movies. I don't do that as do that as much as uh, because after the pandemic things kind of changed um, and it's back. But somehow it just doesn't always feel the same. But yeah. So those are some and be, spending time with my family and my grandson. What is, what's the next best place besides Cuba? Um, one of my, I have to say my country, Dominican Republic. Okay. So I discovered an amazing spa uh, place there called Las Terenas in Samana. And so far, um, that's been one of my favorites because I, I feel like there, uh, is a lot of untouched natural beaches. Yeah. Virgin feel like, like they're not commercialized or they're not all like, uh, what do you call it? Resorty. Um, so I love that area, um, and then I have family in Aruba, so I go there often. I'm a really big beach person, so I love the beach. Mm -hmm. So I haven't explored um, Europe because that's not really too beachy, like yeah. how the Caribbean is. Um, but I am trying to see if I do travel to Italy uh, in September. So you're you're looking for the the nice beaches. I am. I just I came from Cancun. I was there for five days recently, and that was beautiful. Yeah. But that was more we had to stay on, on a resort because cancun is not so safe as other places unfortunately um there's been a few things i don't know if you've heard in the media lately of um incidents i know they happen yeah. everywhere but you just have to be careful um, and the people who i went with weren't as comfortable to go beyond the resort as i would normally do when i visit other countries so i just kind of followed the group and did that, but it was just as great to be out there in the beach, getting the sun, you tell I'm a little tanned, but yeah. All right. You and I are going to have an offline conversation about traveling. It's, uh, it is definitely one of my passions. What's yours? Volleyball. Volleyball. You love volleyball. That's your favorite activity. Mm -hmm. Are you nasty at volleyball? Or are you like... Uh, I'm pretty okay. You're, you're, the Warriors last year made it to the finals, right? Uh, yeah. You came in, finished uh, in the state number two? Yeah. No. Well, we finished state number one in our division, but then we lost the championships. Okay. Were you on that team? Yeah. Oh, congratulations. I didn't even know that. Desi was on the team, right? I think. Last year. Yeah. Well, she's graduated. Yeah. Did you have something to add? It's an understatement. She's really good. 
It's an understatement. She's really good at volleyball. Whenever she serves, like the the noise it makes is crazy. It's really it's nice. so satisfying. It's really loud. It's, what is? I've never even considered a satisfying sound you coming from a volleyball. Day. It is. You should go. It's so beautiful. I, I w- you make it to the finals again this year, and I'm there. All right. Now what about me? <laughs> what about you? He's you on just, the boys volleyball. Okay. Okay. I'm taking you to Tokyo, Osaka. Kyoto, maybe Hiroshima. Uh, I'm taking you to. Uh, are you on the PAX trip? No. You're not on the PAX trip. So I'm taking you to a number of these places, and hopefully, if we get some more funding, we're talking about Iceland next year for a, a geothermal trip. Uh, so what about you? I think a lot about you. I think plenty oh, about is, you. Oh. But if you want me to make it to a volleyball game, maybe I can do that too. He just wants attention. It's fine. That's fine. It is fine. It is fine. Were you ever involved in sports? I played football. Uh, I played football <laughs> through college, uh, and why? Why do you laugh at me? <laughs> I'm sorry. Fat boy can't play football. <laughs> Linebacker. I was just trying to picture you playing football. Uh, well, there is plenty of video, and I will show you some video uh, at at some point. Ooh, they're learning about you too. I love it. Uh, and there came a point, and one somebody said this, and I almost talked about this on uh, like two podcasts ago. Somebody, I I believe it was somebody in this room. Uh, was talking about um, escaped opportunities. Opportunities that were there, but we kind of passed on it or were too afraid to take a risk. Um, I was offered an opportunity to play in the XFL. They gave me eight tickets to SmackDown because I was like, show me that you're serious because it's the WWE people and I'm like a wrestling nerd. So I'm like, show me that you're serious. So they gave me eight front row tickets to SmackDown. I was like, word, I sure took the tickets, but I never showed up for uh, the tryouts. Um, And it was because, to be completely honest... I was scared. I did not think that. I didn't think I could. I didn't think that I could do it. I felt like I had put my football. I felt like I was done playing football, uh, and I was scared to do it. And that is one of my biggest regrets because even you though the XFL collapsed, the huh? You let fear get in the way. I let an fear. Opportunity. I let fear get in the way, and I learned not to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steambox was actually built on that. Somebody telling me no, that I can't do it, and then the audacity to actually do something. <laughs> Um, that you, motivates me when people tell me no. Man, my last oh, boss. <laughs> I, I know our audience. Our audience at home has heard this uh, enough times. But my last boss at a at a organization in, in Providence. She's no longer there. The organization's turning around and doing nice. Uh, she was a, a a woman version of our last president. I mean, the hair, the the talking tactics, the bullying, really? all of it. Like complete. Looked the same. Could be a twin. Uh, and she told. I don't even look like the old president. Somebody uh. Insinuate anything? I just turned around. Somebody, somebody said. Uh, somebody confused me for the executive director and said, "You must be the executive director." And then she was walking in late, and she heard that, and she said, "No, a hoodie could never be an executive director of an organization like this." Now, yes, uh, yes, that burnt a huge fire in me. And yes, it was racist and wrong and so many other things. But you, who've also been an executive director of a nonprofit, you must know that we were, a decade ago, a very rare breed. There were not a lot of Latino, uh, Latinos from the community leading these nonprofits. We had the nonprofits. Not for the even community. on boards. <laughs> Never mind not leading e- it. <laughs> not even on boards. 
So it showed me the importance of actually doing it. If one for spite, but two because I I, I think I could do it better. Mm -hmm. And here we are ten years later, and Steambox is now bigger than that organization that was big mm -hmm. uh, at one time. So I'm proud of that. Stuff like that motivates me. Mm -hmm. It continues to motivate me. Who is next? Vanessa. Oh. Oh, my question is, what is one risk that you're happy that you took? I think the... Okay, so before going to work as an executive director, I was working for Girl Scouts of Eastern Mass. I worked there for eight and a half years, and um, I was running and coordinating and managing staff to run girls programming in communities where Girl Scouts is not as prevalent. Because historically, Girl Scouts was mainly, you know, white American girls and not so much Latinas and, you know, black and brown um, so that was my job and I did that for eight and a half years and I knew that I needed a change in my life. I knew that I wanted to do something different because I had kind of done the, the work that I did to the best of my ability and I just knew I was in a place where I needed something different. And um, I was contemplating whether I wanted to go back to school or whether I wanted to um, move along in a different career path or just trying to figure things out. And so somebody that uh, was a or is a coach and life mentor to me um, suggested that, that I apply for the executive director position at Cisa Boy. That was the name, of, that's the name of the organization. And um, I was like, man, I don't know. I was self-doubting myself. I was kind of like, I felt like I didn't have everything that, that it took to fill all the requirements for that position. Um, and she just continued to motivate me and to support me around the idea. And so I said, you know what, why not? Let me take a chance. Let me give it a try and see. Either it happens or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, I can just go go back to school and figure out my next steps. So I think having, having taken that risk led me to ama an amazing experience overall as executive director in gaining and growing and learning. Um, and working with youth and making a difference and then it also led me to where I am today. So I think that that was the biggest risk that I've ever taken um, that I am most happy about in my career. I'm hoping that's not a risk for you. Uh, and and I also wanna I also wanna take time out because we talk about representation and why it's important all the time on the podcast. But what I've never really spelled out is um, I find that a lot of our listeners, again, do you guys know the weirdest place that we have a lot Scotland. of listeners? Ireland. Yes. Oh, Ireland. Uh, I, we have so many listeners in Ireland. But what I imagine must be hard, it must be hard hearing this conversation because if you're in Ireland or if you're in Japan, you're a homogenous, you're a homogenous place. A lot of people there look like you. Like in Central Falls, it's a very brown place. It's a very Latino place where we have a lot of people who look like us. But... In the world that you and I are talking about coming up as executive directors, as Latino executive directors, that world did not, we didn't have a lot of representation. That's why we needed a push. Mm -hmm. That's why we needed to take a risk. And what I'm hoping is uh, you've got two EDs in front of you, right? Two people who, and she was an ED, um, who've, who've done it and taken that risk when we felt like it wasn't necessarily, I, I won't speak for you, when I felt like it wasn't my world, and I had to take a risk to join, to join that world. I'm hoping that you guys see that as a norm because it wasn't a norm for my generation. 
Uh, I'm hoping that that's just normal for you now, where if you see a job, you can just go after it because you're qualified. I agree with that because I know that when you pose that question at that time, that was a risk for me, right? To put myself out there and was I going to fail or not? Like, what was that going to look like? Um, not having all of that background, right? But looking back at it, the risk would have been not taking that um, opportunity and not, you know, figuring it all out. Um, but, yeah, so you make you make a great point. Can I just say, uh, you get chef's kiss mwah, for how perfect the timing was of that question, right? Like, we were just talking about taking risks, and then you ask a, a big question uh, that started a nice conversation about taking risks. You were getting really good at this podcast stuff, uh, A for the day. Uh, our resident genius, our resident genius here, uh, Noah, uh, Noah's been on fire lately doing trivia games, all this other stuff. Uh, you were learning pie in preparation of pie day uh, tomorrow. Uh, in preparation of pie day, he was learning pie to what digit? I'm at 133 now. To the 133rd digit. You've memorized pie to the 133rd digit. Can you, like, how much can you get off in 10 seconds? Ready? 3, 2, 1, go. 3.14159265895 Unbelievable. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, so when, so when I say our resident genius, when I say our resident genius and you want to shy off, right? Like, oh no, who, me? But then you're ready to recite pi at super speed, right? Supersonic JJ Fad speed. Uh, what is your question for Miss Mendoza? Um, mine is, who's and your... don't go that fast. Okay. <laughs> who is your favorite fictional character? My favorite fictional character? Good question. Mm. I don't know who that would be. I don't know how to answer that. I was expecting her to say Harry Potter. I don't know why. I'm not like, a was... Harry Potter fan. Good. Good. Good for you. Good. So, sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. no. Sorry. Not sorry. Good for you. Um, let me think. What about Percy Jackson? I, I swear to God, if she says somebody from Heather's, like, I'm just going to flip out. <laughs> Heather's is a musical that uh, he doesn't stop talking about. Oh, okay. There must be something, right? Between, all right, so there's been no Spider-Man, Marvel stuff. That's not your jam. I mean, that's not really me, Game no. of Thrones, Like, the thing is, that. I like real-life stories, documentaries, okay. like, killer stuff. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> but that's really more what I'm into, so when you say fictional. Favorite killer. So you watch the show you? Yes. You watch the show you. I don't know the guy's name. Joe. All, all I know is I hear a lot about the show you. So Joe. this guy Joe. Um, are you? Do you find Joe compelling? Because the way that I hear my adult women friends talk about Joe, I'm like, he is a serial killer, right? This is from you. Uh, no. yes, from the show you. Yes. Oh, season three. I mean, season uh, three, part two coming out soon. So do you do you find the guy compelling? Because a lot of my a lot of my friends find him super compelling, and I'm like, but he's a killer. <laughs> I don't, I don't actually find him compelling, but he couldn't some... charm you. No. Okay. Not at all. He wouldn't stop going after you though. <laughs> so yeah, he would he would keep trying. Yeah. Uh, you made me feel creepy a second ago, and that's not on your fault. That's me thinking about a uh, a killer. So uh. While we're on the subject, uh, we've got uh, one of our one of our partner uh, groups uh, also working with Steambox has a podcast on love and romance. Uh, I talked to you about it. I mentioned it to you uh, offline when you walked in. Um, 
they are moving in to work with the Katie Brown educational program so that we can have some professionals talk about building healthy relationships. But before we get there, the students have been talking about red flags, uh, things that they find red flags in relationships. So while we're on the subject so of... Joe's a red flag. Joe is a red flag. You can detect serial killer weirdo vibes. Yes. All right. So Joe's a red flag. Do you have any other red flags, something that you've seen in your life that you're like, mm-mm? Um, I think that you just really have to learn to follow your intern your internal clock, your your gut, right? Gut if something tells you no, like you gotta listen to it. Okay. You just really have to listen to it because when you don't, that's when you're like, I yeah. should have listened. All right, I hear that. Uh, I I don't like when people are late. Uh, that's a little bit of a red flag for me. Um, I have a high bar though. Like I get annoyed by a lot of things. Oh, man, um, I'm late for everything. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> You're man, on time this time. It makes me. It makes me. Well, for things like this, I'll come early because I don't know where I'm going. I want to be sure that I know where I am. And but for like my everyday type of life, type of personal stuff, I'm late for everything. I always feel like if I'm with a partner, if I'm with a romantic partner, and they tend to be late, then that's gonna make me late. But my obsessiveness, I have. To, I'm the worst person at a party because I have to be there early. Nobody's even there. I have to be there. Like, if I'm not five minutes early, I, to me, I'm late. You know what I mean? Uh, so I know I'm wrong for this, but that's one of those things for me. Do any of you have, like, a red flag? Is it, Before I get to Valeria, because Valeria's question is next, and I know she has a red flag. What's yours? And then uh, Noah. Uh, they can't take a joke because, like, I'm a very jokey person, and I don't mean most of what I say. So, yep. like, someone's, I don't want to say self-conscious because sometimes it is my fault. But, like, if someone just can't handle what I'm doing, it's just not going to work. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. I have another red flag, actually, that I just thought about when he, when he said that. But I think that, for me, a red flag is when I feel like in order to say what, I, I want, what I'm feeling or yeah. what I want to, you know, bring my point, whatever point I want to bring across, if I feel like I'm walking on eggshells... Yeah. To me, that's a huge, huge red flag. Okay. I just... That should be a red flag, though. And that should be a red flag for everybody, right? Like, if you feel like you have to go through hoops, challenges, or behave the perfect way to maintain a partnership, then that means you're going to be, like, faking it and yourself. cautious your whole... You want you want a partner that, that you can let your hair down with. Exactly. Uh, that's a good point. You had a red flag. I'd say a big red flag I've seen is when they don't... Like, let the person hang out with who they want to. And, like, try to be controlling with their yes. friends. Yes, jealousy, control. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with that one. Like, if they're too controlling. Too controlling. That's a red flag. Uh, not keeping your word. Not keeping... Now everybody got a red flag. Okay, not keeping your word is a red flag. Can you give me an example? Um, I don't know. Maybe you'll be like, oh, I'll... I don't know. You kind of put me on the spot, man. You put yourself on the spot. You volunteered this really. information. Not really, because well, like everyone else volunteered. Um, I'm going to do this, but nah. Yeah, like you say you'll do it, but then when it comes to it, you won't. Yeah. 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 I see Valeria, because I'm going to end with you on this one. So so I, don't worry about it. I see you. Being too clingy and naggy, because clingy is fine, but like too much, like over everything on my neck. Nah. You can't breathe. You need nah. your space. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's a big one for me, too. Um, I'd say uh, bad hygiene. Bad hygiene. <laughs> yeah. It's important to know what's imp it's important to know what you value, right? What you need. Uh, go ahead. 
flirting with different people at the same time. Flirting with different people at the same time? Yeah. That's a red flag? Do you feel like, well, if I was with this person, they would do that? They would do that while I'm with them? What do you mean? Like cheat on you, basically. Oh. Betray your trust. Like they would flirt with yeah. other people while they're, while they're with you. Um, Valeria, I was told today that you have a list of red flags. Whoa. How did this even come up? Did something happen at school today where you... Um, it was just a person that wasn't respecting people's personal space and doesn't know what no means and stuff. Yeah. You know? That's a huge red flag. That's a scary one, yeah. All right. Uh, Isaiah, if you can, come up nice and close so we can, so we can hear you. Uh, what is your question for Miss Mendoza? My question for you is, when you first got the message of Steambox, what was your first thought? Like, what do you, you think Steambox looks like at first before you know? That like is interesting. What What's the first impression of Steambox? Okay. Um. So my first uh, visualization, I guess, of what I thought I was going to see when I came to visit Steambox was... Kids working on some type of kit or some sciency STEM related yeah um, activity, I guess. So that's what I thought it was gonna be. We get into it. There's an arcade cabinet in the room that uh, previous students made. You'll probably see in the video. Our podcast audience won't, but uh, you'll see the students making a lot of things here. Uh, one of my favorite things in Central Falls is I hire a lot of the older students. So some of the people in this room, Keith is one of the people that I've been trying to get to work with me. Uh, and Lewis came with me when we did a, a podcasting workshop. But I like to work with these students when I'm working with elementary and middle schoolers. And we will build little robots, but we'll celebrate everybody's language. So it doesn't matter what your language is, if it's Khmer, if it's... Um, if it's Kech, Kech, I forget uh, the name of the of the like indigenous Guatemalan language. Um, if no matter what it is, and especially in Providence, again, very Latino community, but in Providence, people think about Latinos. People think that our um, our English learners are Latinos, and in Providence, uh, there are so many different African languages. There are so many different. Uh, just regional languages, even from South America, and everybody thinks it's all Spanish. It is not. What I want to do is I want to work with these guys, and while we're building robots together, I want them to learn the English words to say this stuff here, but I also want to learn how they're saying it in their languages, and that's one of the things that I'm very, very proud of. If Desi hadn't graduated, who she played volleyball with last year, uh, Desi could tell you that that's one of the things that she does with me too, which is a lot of fun. Also, uh, building drones, and there was a hovercraft a moment ago on the video. Oh, that's cool. Uh, thank you for your question. Thank you for your answer. What was your first impression of Steambox? Because um, I know you're a gamer, right? Uh, when you walked in, after you've been in Steambox for a week or two, what did, what did you think? It wasn't too crazy for you? That's what I'm afraid of. I'm so obnoxious. I worry about this program being too crazy for you. I don't think this program good enough. <laughs> good enough. Good enough. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm gonna put that on a. I'm gonna put that. It's gonna say that on the wall. Good enough. Steam box. Good, good enough. Good enough. <laughs> uh, but another tagline. Um. So about the red flags. Um. Like how many red flags until it's like no more. Yeah. Oh. What? Okay. So we're in a relationship. Oh. We're in a relationship with somebody. And how much do you try to help and fix and make a relationship work? And at what point do you say, no, this is too much? 
Young people need to know this. We need the experience of an abuela, even if you don't look like an abuela. <laughs> well, I would say if it gets to a point, or even before it gets to a point, where you start to lose yourself, where you start to not be true to who you are and what your values are, um, you know, you have to not let it get to that place because then you've gone too far. I think that person, their values have to align with yours um, and there has to be some type of, I mean, all relationships are a give and take, right? There are two-way streets, but when you're giving too much of yourself, and the other person is barely, there will be times in relationships where that happens, right? But when it's always happening, that's... You want a relationship that's 50-50. Yes. And when balance. you're doing all the work in a relationship... And there are times when that happens yep. in the relationship. But if it's consistently happening and you're being drained and weighed down, no. That's not helpful. Yeah. I would also say don't be fake, right? Like, yeah. uh, I've seen so many people... I, because I'm a nerd, people who wanted to engage me pretended that they love video games or that they love Spider-Man when they probably seen oh, a movie no, once, right? <laughs> no, yeah, because... No, I, I hate and that really shows... That goes away, right? Anyway. Like, like, I never enjoyed it. Like, I watched it once, hated it. Uh, that's the opposite. That's yeah, somebody that's just burning. That's somebody just burning you right away. <laughs> uh, thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for your question. That was a really good question. Uh, I'm going to... Go ahead. You can do a follow-up before I go to Lewis and Keith. Well, no, mine... You can go to them first because mine's not a follow-up. Oh, no. Go ahead. Oh, what? Like, do you travel on your own or is it your work that's having you travel to all these places? So, my... Like, well, we're here, work, then we're well work, work has me traveling to the states that I mentioned. Connecticut, yeah. Pennsylvania... Rhode Island, Mass, New Hampshire. But, and sometimes we go beyond for conferences, like recently uh, we went to Ohio, that's where we're headquartered actually, so sometimes we go to Ohio for meetings or conferences, we've been to DC, but pri uh, all the other exotic, beachy, fun places that I've mentioned are all leisure, those are mine. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still, he said Steambox is good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Make it a t-shirt. I am gonna, yeah, I'm gonna. Steambox is gonna, yeah, we're gonna put it on a t-shirt. We have the t-shirt. That's we're designing t-shirts now. That's yours. You can't change it now. Steambox is good enough. That's it. Uh, can you come up close uh, for this? This is host of Steambox After Dark, the unofficial brand stealing uh, Lewis. <laughs> I want to say brain stealing. Brand, brand <laughs> stealing. You didn't well, steal technically, my... you did say, oh yeah, it's perfectly fine. I yeah. Interviewed you after. After this is fine. No, this sure is before. this is fine. I appreciate it. I think it. I think it's not only cute. I think it's uh, you taking initiative, uh, and uh, I'm. I am completely behind it. You're right. Uh, what's your question for Miss Mendoza? What is your favorite tradition with like your kids or family? Okay, tradition. Uh, and is this uh and the first one that comes to your mind? Are we thinking like it's a Dominican based tradition or is it just a, a you tradition thing? Something that you do with your family? Um, I will share one that's. I have both, but I'll share one that is like a meat tradition with my family, is that my kids, all three of them are artists, um, and so we love going to places like museums, and uh, now we get to uh, see Enzo go with us, that's my grandson, and now, so he's a part of it all, all this newness, and his eyes open wide when he sees really cool things at the museums that we visit. Um, so yeah, so going to museums with my kids is a, a big tradition. What kind of art? 
all types of art. <laughs> okay. No, for your for your son. Your son's an artist. Oh, oh. So my, I have one son who's who goes to Roger Williams. Okay. And he um, is in a, a graduate program there for architecture. Okay. He finishes this year. And then I have a son who goes to Mass Art, and his major is um, art education. So he wants to be an art teacher. Um, he thought about like art therapy, but for now it's art uh, education. And then I have a daughter who's a fashion designer. Very cool. They're all into, how did that happen? Um, so my kids were never very sporty. Yeah. And I wanted to put them in things that they, that I felt, you know, they could be use their creativity. So I put them in a lot of art classes growing up. And my mom was also very creative. Um, so growing up, they watched my mom um, making things very hands-on. She used to make flower arrangements. She used to do catering. She used to sew. Like, she used to do, uh, she didn't paint, per se, but she would do, like, 3D art. Yeah. So she would cut things out, glue them on top, and do 3D art. So my mom was always into some type of creativity. So we all grew up around all of that. Don't ask me, because I'm not, I don't have an artsy bone in me. They, they but inherited it. <laughs> they did, and so... Um, did you say there was a Dominican tradition, too? Dominican traditions just mainly like our family coming together, especially holidays. Um, my mom was really big on um, cooking, yeah. catering was her thing. So always bringing family together. Um, it has died down some since my mom passed away about 10 years ago. Yeah. We tried to keep it up for a few years, um, but family moving away and dispersing and it's just been harder. But we're actually having a family gathering uh, on the 19th, so that's going to be exciting and more tradition-based with Dominican food. Um, we're going to have mango and like a breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be nice. Shout out to your mom. Was your mom, uh, was your mom a nicer grandma than uh, she was a mom? Was she like, back to the earlier conversation, was she rougher on you than she was on the grandkids? Um, I, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, she, she, yeah, she was. Easy position <laughs> to be in. Do you have any traditions? Are there traditions that you have? Uh, I don't really have traditions. I don't do a lot. Does anybody have a nice tradition that their family does or that they do with their friends? Uh, every Christmas, my grandmother makes something called Jesus Cake. Jesus cake. Can I have some? So it's basically a regular cake, but you cook holes in it, and then you put red jello and green jello in it, and it makes this like text that you think would. It makes a texture that you think would be nasty, but it's actually pretty good. So it's like weird because like it's like solid but not too solid, but also soft. It sounds like a flancocho, right? That combination of flan and cake. I think so, but it's pretty good. Awesome. So recently, every summer, we've been going to, like, out of our friend group, like, the boys have been going to a buffet, like, every summer, and some kids from our middle school also go, so it's like a reunion type thing. But I think this year, uh, we're also inviting the girls. I can't go with them oh, to the buffet. Wow, this year. Thank you so much. Y'all literally have days without us. All right, so for the, for the audience at home, the magic that just happened in this room is like, oh, we're thinking maybe this time we'll even let the girls in. And the girls all super rolled their eyes and did this whole like, oh, whoa, lucky us. <laughs> the funny thing is they have their own date things too. Like, it's separate. When do we, when do we do You literally went to freaking whatever, your house and watch movies. Do they do girls? When, when did we do that? <laughs> Okay, okay, this is not a compelling, this is not compelling podcast. Cam, 
every Saturday, me, well, me and my family always try to go out every Saturday to like breakfast or something. I don't like it, but we do it. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, don't like it? Why? Because like, it's just yeah. tired of the same. Yeah. We don't go to the same place. We always try to do something new. Cause we're not from we're not from Rhode Island, so we always try to try something new. But yeah. <laughs> where are you originally from? Utah. 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 Okay. Utah. I mean, I guess it's a tradition, but not really. But me and my sister, every day in March, we go to Chili's. But I go to Chili's all the time, anyways. So. This this beautiful thing <laughs> happened. This May will be the tenth year of Steambox and uh a few years ago we started uh early on, I'd say in years two or three or four, where somewhere in there, uh there was a student who didn't have the fortunate families that a lot of us do. Uh so so she ended up coming to Thanksgiving with me and my family. Uh and that was a tradition for a few years until she graduated. But then other students who do have good families are are all like, I want to come too. And I'm like, how can I? I can't bring all of Steambox. So we started our own like Friendsgiving before I knew that Friendsgiving was even a thing. Oh, yeah, uh, we we start. We had one here this year, and now uh, now that we are going into our tenth year, what it looks like is adults grown-ass adults who went through this program before are coming back and hanging out with people who are like currently freshmen and you guys through all generation of high it. school uh every single time the pictures that we take the amount of people that showed up this whole place was filled up this whole place was filled up uh and we did that before too and it's it's just the most am amazing beautiful picture it's one of my honors so you gotta invite me to the next friends we will definitely this year who was serving you guys rice this year can you can you bring the mayor the mayor of the city wow. serving them rice uh i loved it so keith next year we're gonna have to have grandma's jesus cake i can make it all right we're gonna we're gonna trust you to make it did you have an, something else i was just to say that's the day steve box after dark started was friends giving oh, yeah i hate that guy oh, last year <laughs> oh, yeah, no, they're mad at one of my pre. He's a student who actually started this podcast, by the way. No, uh, they have beef with Matthew. They didn't like interviewing him. Why didn't you like Matthew? Because his name's Matthew. <laughs> what? Nobody what? Loves Matthew. So weird. Matthew sucks. Uh, did you get your question? Did you? No. Okay. So I have a work tradition, and my one of my work traditions is that everywhere I go, I get a group picture with. Oh, we got you. Yeah, so we, we do that like every time. <laughs> we we every got podcast. you. We will be happy to do it. We'll okay, thank you. Because sometimes I get like, no, I don't want to miss, and I'm like, please. I'm gonna be honest with you, miss. So I just got back from a student council meeting. <laughs> mm -hmm. Anyways, um, so I I don't got a question on the brain. So I'm reading one of these. Does a straw have one hole or two? Oh man. A straw. It's all in perspective, but I I would say one. So one long hole just yeah. out. <laughs> How many of us are on team straws have one hole? Uh, very few. Very few. That's not the. How many of us think straws straw has two holes? Does a straw have one hole or two? It has. It's just the drinking. Two. It really is just like one big. I, I, I right. think you broke Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, you broke sorry. all of Steambox. He's supposed to be Steam students. This is the question you put on the bus. These are questions I said, right? But now that I'm thinking of it, if you cover one side of it, then it only has one. Exactly. Exactly. So it has to be two. Because no, if you cover your mouth, it's still a hole. Like, so wait, then does it's that still mean a hole. If, the, if one of the holes is covered, does that mean it's just, like, still a hole? Since, like, there's no 
But I, I think that's the point. Not all holes have exits. So then it's two holes. I think that's what she's saying. I think she, by by saying that that you still have a hole if you cover one, that that makes it both. It qualifies them both as holes is what I heard. Something might not so come out, but something can yeah. go in, in the straw if, if with one hole. So there's, I, I guess I was wrong. Two I'm holes? taking back my answer and I'm saying two. Upon further reflection, we're team two hole. <laughs> I have, I have a new question because I just read the list. Questions of, not about holes. No, not about holes. These oh are previous God. questions. None of these questions actually come from me. Although I think I added a few at the top about Norton just the time. What is a defining moment in your life and how did it impact you? A defining moment in your life. I think motherhood has been a defining moment in my life overall. Because um, everything that I do, um, I mean, yes, I think about me and my life and what I want. But I think at the center of it all is my family and my kids and the future, the grandkids and what's to come. So, Personal question, and I think it's relevant to us who have to make decisions about starting families and stuff like that sometime in the next 15 years, some sooner, some later. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how old were you when you started? Ooh. Feel free to say pass. <laughs> Feel free to say pass. I'm not ashamed to share my story. I'm really proud of my story so I will share that I was a very young mom I was a teen mom I was 17 when I got pregnant um, and I was really blessed because if I didn't have my mom's support and my family's support um, I don't know where I would be today it, it, my, my journey would have been very very different and difficult more difficult so I was really blessed um, unfortunately not all girls who have kids at a young age have that back you know that support or people who have their back like that. Um, so yeah, I was really young. I was a teen mom. You mentioned your mom again. What, can we have her name just for a shout out? Maritza, but she's passed. Shout out but to Maritza. Shout out, shout out to Maritza. Hopefully they get Steambox versus podcast in the afterlife. Um, I really appreciate you going there uh, because I think when we share stuff like that, first of all, uh, those are the compelling podcasts, but also I think having that kind of vulnerability leads our students to be able to think about mm -hmm. things. So here's my next question. Given that that was impactful for you and part of your success was being a mom, if you could recommend to students, is that something that you would say, uh, see the world first or have that impactful moment first? Um, I think I would say see the world first. Um because it definitely will make a difference in your relationship with your kids. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. But. All right. We really appreciate that. We're going to do something that we don't normally do in just a second. First, I'm going to ask, uh, in just a moment, I'm going to ask where uh, our audience can learn more about Nordson and Nordson's giving program mm -hmm. and anything else that you might want to share for uh, social media or where anybody should find out more about your work mm -hmm. or Nordson. Um, but I'm going to give you a hint first. After that, I'm going to be like, hey, do you have three questions, one to three, for Steambox now that you have our youth in the room? Most of them have been here. We've been in this community for two years, um, and most of them have been with us for at least this year, if not this year and last. So first, though, mm -hmm. uh, where can people learn more about Nordson? 
So obviously, the number one place to find things is Google it. Okay. <laughs> right? Just Google it. And but if you're coming up with clothes, you spelt it wrong. We're not Nordstrom. We're nope. talking about Nordson. N O R D S O N. All right. Absolutely, because I always get that um, that mix up too with others. Um, but yeah, so just going online, um, you know, contact me, contacting me directly through you know you have my contact information, um, and. Um, asking about grants I ask and answer I mean I answer any questions that people who reach out that want to apply for a grant can but primarily we focus on programs that are um, education based and um, STEM based because uh, we are um, an engineering and manufacturing company so we have um, in Rhode Island the uh, facility there is mainly focused on um, adhesive dispensing machinery that we, that they make or they manufacture um, so they have engineers that do design and you know kind of create all of that and then um, they have the people on the manufacturing floor that actually put these things together and build them and manufacture them and then they get sent out to um, the customers okay so I do I'm not an engineer I'm not in in, in stem uh, in my career, but I do work with a lot of uh, engineers that are part of my program. So we get a lot of uh, employees that we bring the opportunity to volunteer. So for example, if you had an event and you needed a bunch of people to come in and help work with the youth, then I would work to get a group of uh, volunteers of our employees oh, great. to sign up and come and be a part of that. So that's one of the, the beautiful things that, aside from just giving grants and money to nonprofits, is that we like to get involved in different ways and be a part of um, more than just giving funds. Man, uh, we need resin for an upcoming 3D project, uh, 3D printing project. Oh. And now I'm going to hit you up like, hey, you guys got extra <laughs> resin laying around? Uh, I think it's resin. I'll double check the list of. So that is, and she said to hit her up directly if you had questions about that. She is Lori Mendoza. She's the community relations manager at Nordson. Uh, and before we wrap things up, Lori, I want to give you an opportunity to flip it. We don't do this with all the guests. This is just for you because we're getting to know each other. Uh, so what kind of questions would you have for the Steambox youth? Um, let's see. Do I just ask one person or you could, just throw a question like. out there? All right. So whoever wants to answer this question, um, why should Nordson consider funding Steambox? Oh, do I answer the question? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you raise your hand. No, I was raising the question. Because it's cool to me. Because of the fact that the main reason that we're going on this trip is because I want to do um, an IT type of thing in computer science. And it's not enough cultural, you know, black and brown people in IT and mm -hmm. computer science type of thing. But that, that was that was my thing. Okay. Anybody else Thank you. Answer? Yes. It gives opportunities for students who aren't that well off in an area to just open up and communicate with other people from their community. It just gives them a group to come to. Great. If I, if I could add to both of those, I want to say to yours, when we talk about representation, um, one of the things that we see is that uh, 54% of this year's college graduates are women, are young women. And uh, for organizations, not necessarily yours, but for similar organizations, uh, the new incoming jobs are being occupied by only 20, I think it's 7% of women. 
So that's one of the reasons that it's so important that Steambox tries to do stuff like that and be at 60% uh, or better for young women in Steambox. And I also want to add that I think it's really important that you don't feel like you have to have a career in engineering <coughs> or an interest in engineering to want to come into Steambox. I hope to engage everybody and hopefully they leave having heard some of the things that you mentioned. Did you have something that you wanted to add? We like our food. <laughs> yeah, yes. I'm joking, but um, it's not just like about the food and like coming. It's we're like a family, and I feel like the trips that we go on, the conventions that we go to, really make us closer, and it's fun. It's community for you guys. Yeah, because yeah. like moving here, I didn't uh, have friends, <laughs> and now I do because of this program, yeah. and I enjoy it. So. Didn't you have Cody as a friend? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't She's the one who brought me to see Valeria, did you have some ads? Oh, no. I was puppy. Did anybody here go to Anime Boston with us last year? Oh, was that the one where uh, me and Jordan were... Yes. <laughs> In Boston, you saying you came to Anime Boston? I have another question. What would be something that you would like to see happen in Steambox? Like, think big picture, think no budgets, think... Iceland. Like, what do you Iceland. Iceland. For all of us. So oh, more trips? Yeah. For yeah. all of us. Everyone to see Heathers everywhere. together as a family. No. <laughs> no, that's right. Um, a better podcasting space? Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, this ain't bad, but I mean... Is this like a shared space? Yeah. This yeah. is, yeah. We're on okay. a time moment, 24-7, on top of that. This is someone's we're, office. We're, yeah, this is basically space, somebody's so. office, so we're going to be careful. So you would like, like, your own space where you could have... Yeah. Okay. It ain't got to be big, it's just, you know, something mm-hmm. that we ain't got a time limit on. Mm-hmm. Just curious. Mm. Kind of Anyone else want to answer that? Next year's Thanksgiving party. Next year's that, that's happening. That's <laughs> I know happening. <laughs> that's happening regardless. Need more food though, you know. I keep thinking about Iceland, and I keep thinking about the geothermal stuff that we're gonna learn from Iceland, and I'm ex- I'm excited about that. I think. Uh, and again, she mentioned earlier the reason I reached out was uh, writing a grant. I think I'm probably gonna push towards. Uh, fundraising for Iceland because and the problem is she mentioned everybody she said everybody go and I don't know if I can do that I don't know if I and that's not even a money thing it's a lot of people to like make sure don't get lost or fall into a volcano or anything like that you need like five, you want to be a supervisor I mean, <laughs> yeah. 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 fundraiser so you can go well, then you'll end up in Iceland and instead of the traditional uh, instead of the resort beaches that we were talking about you'll end up in the Blue Lagoon I don't know if you've seen it but that it's this geothermal cool. Uh, geothermal that pool. would be amazing I have you know what's interesting that Nordson is actually a multinational uh, business so we have where we have businesses in 35 different countries Ireland being one of them Ireland being one of maybe them maybe we can go visit you know our yeah. audience yeah. of Ireland yeah. can hit yeah. up Nordson uh, yeah not Iceland though not Iceland I, I don't know where in Ireland, but no, I would think not. Okay, because if it was Iceland, we would make a visit while we're yeah, while we're yeah, there. Yeah, I don't be think like, it's Iceland. I can find out. <laughs> Damn, maybe we'll have to go to Ireland too. What's up? Uh, <laughs> do you have one more question for the Steambox youth? Um, we will be happy to take any questions offline. Uh, what is the best part of uh, Steambox for you personally? The Food. friends we made family. along the way. Food. The family. <laughs> Don't listen to them. Y'all are easy. I brought you money. I think they're hungry. <laughs> I brought you money. When kids come out of school, 
like, we're always so food, we just we're never eat all too fast. So you need a bigger budget so that you can have more substantial food. Time out. You cannot fool Lori. Lori ran a nonprofit. Lori ran a lot of programs. Lori saw how difficult it is to get students to come and bond like you guys have bonded. And a lot of people's strategy would be to put out food. But Lori knows that there's stuff beyond food. Also, no, for the definitely. record, <laughs> I fed you guys munchkins today, and you're still like, oh, we love the food here. You munchkins? Munchkins are <laughs> tiny, though. Yeah. That's my point. That's my, that's my point. Popeyes. So, audience, no. please send snacks. Wait, send snacks. I want to say, uh, <laughs> unrelated to the food thing, um, I like, oh, this is going to come out weird. So, the, the guests we, you know, interview and stuff like that, I like to, like, try and get to know them so then in the future they could help me out in some way. Networking. Networking, yes. Your network is your network. Uh, Lewis asked for a judge, so we had Judge Dione Garcia on last week. Also last week we had uh, Sokia Ross, who is an entertainer. He is amazing, but he told us a story about growing up in a genocide in... Cambodia, and how his family was refugees, and he was actually born in the back of like a trailer, like a makeshift kind of, like we get some really interesting, heartbreaking, beautiful, wonderful interactions, and a lot of times, it's my hope to be able to put people like you who reflect the community that we're serving in front of these students. If I could twist their question, uh, go ahead. Okay, uh, aside from the food, I come here for um, the memories and the laughter. Yeah. So, speaking of memories, yeah, I'm going to twist her question, uh, and then we're going to wrap up the podcast, so get your energy together. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys, what's, does anybody have a favorite memory? I know we did Anime Boston. I know we had, you know, I know besides food, so, oh, it's not food. Go ahead. It is food related, but hot ones. Hot oh, ones. Yeah. Yes. We did the hot fun. ones challenge where we got the actual hot sauces. It wasn't as okay. hot. I sent out. I sent out permission slips to parents saying, I will hurt your child. Like, this is going to hurt their mouth. Uh, and we had, our, I would say our biggest, toughest student was in tears. Just in tears. So, yeah, we hurt children. But then they list that as their favorite moment. Um, Friendsgiving and uh, when we tried the, um, uh, what are they VR. called? VR. VR. VRs, yes. Oh, yeah. VR. Oh, I haven't experienced VR. VR. And we're coming back to VR. Uh, so when Keith talks about a better podcasting space, I think about times where... Uh, we went into distance learning because of the pandemic and stuff. Mm. One of the things that we're going to do, we interviewed somebody from HBO who showed up in cartoon form. In her avatar form, we interviewed her. She's on the TV, and it's an actual person, oh God, but she's so a cartoon. Cool. <laughs> um, we're talking about developing space in virtual reality so that we can get our students uh, the Oculus headsets, mm -hmm. and they can log into our podcast and have a virtual, like their bodies will be there. We can record it in oh, video. That's one of the things that we're planning on doing later this year, if the Wednesdays allow us. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, to wrap it up, uh, not the question, but like bring it back around the Red Flags game that we did <gasps> last year. Oh, First of all, wasn't here. Oh, oh, but yes. like I'm the current Red Flags champion of Steambox. Okay. Just okay. a good thing. Red, fla <laughs> Red flags <laughs> is a game where we have the most messed oh up cards, like out of anyone. Let's not talk about it. Uh, we play a lot of fun games together, and then we figure out like. Um, Do they have to create the games? Sometimes. Well, that's where we're headed. So we have a friend who uh, named Cindy Lou from RISD who is developing. She makes manga, art, all kinds of other things. She made one of the battle bots that was on the the TV show. 
Uh, and she is going into making games, so she's working with these students to help her develop a game. Uh, Riri, uh, a, a few weeks ago, smashed this game where uh, there's a murder. We have to try to figure out who did it. She was an amazing detective, but the pill is in the peanut butter. So a lot of times they think they're playing a game when secretly we're leaning into social deduction and yep. things like that. Yep. Uh, very important parts of engineering. I would say meeting the people and also getting my acceptance letter for Japan. Get it? They had to apply Ooh. to Japan. When Riri says everybody should be able to come, you're right. I still think our group is so big. I am currently scared. I am so how, honestly how scared. How do you determine who gets to go? That must be hard. So he kept changing it up. But he ended up, he didn't want to separate it and decide himself because then he thinks that he has favorites or whatever. Yeah, we think right. that he thinks. I agree. Yeah, whatever. So gotta be neutral. he had the board decide, so we had to write a letter or do a video. You, you had the board decide. The students picked out what that process would look like. Mm -hmm. And then it would go, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, that's true. We did have a choice, so maybe pick that. But, well, you know, I had to blame on him. But <laughs> yeah. You uh, got in. What are you blaming on? <laughs> oh, poor you are going to Japan. Oh. So going to Japan, taking youth on a trip, right, to a place like Japan, like another country, um, that's a really big liability and responsibility, right? So that's, that's why he's kind of trying to figure out, trying to be fair, but also who's, re who's really going to be re ready for that trip in terms of... Uh, being mature enough to handle that level of responsibility I'm to be on a trip, right? So, more technically babysitting somebody. Yeah. So oh, you're giving up. You don't. You're, you're already like on. You're already on the trip. You don't have to. <laughs> no, I'm send saying your more. qualifications. What did you want to add? I want to add back to like the uh, relationship things. But like, I just want to say, I got chosen first for like Japan. <laughs> How do you going. know? He was the. I. They asked, and I said, "Do you, do you really want to know? Some of you are going to be butt hurt. Do you really want to know?" And they said yes, and I was like, okay, here was the here was the order in which people were picked. He was picked first, and he's the most butthurt. Why would that be? I'm probably said no. But, <laughs> you know, besides that, um, I want to talk about relationship thing, because he said the age gap, and I saw this thing where it's like, the, the lowest you could date is where it's like an equation. You put your age, you divide it by two, and plus you add seven. So like, say you're 40, divide that by two, you're 20. And plus seven, the lowest you could date is 27. So if you're 40, you shouldn't date anybody below 27. I would yeah. argue that 27 even has a yeah, little bit of ick. Yeah. It even still has a little bit of ick, but especially it works even younger, right? Because if you're if you're 20, and we've all seen that. We've all seen people who are way too old to be at a prom, but if you're 20, <laughs> divided by two plus seven, that's 17. You shouldn't be dating anybody under 17 at 20. I would say even that three-year gap might be a lot, but... You gotta be careful. That's the formula. You did not get that from me. I just want to put that out there. I just put that out there. Um, does anybody else have any burning, uh, anything that needs to make it onto this podcast? Oh, Go. I was going to say uh, one memory I have is Joyful Rebellion, uh, where we actually got sensitive and instead of like the goofy thing, you know, but you know, that was, that was a great one. Uh, sad, but. A moment ago on that screen, there was a, a picture of, uh, there's artificial intelligence that our students built. Uh, a moment ago, there was uh, this picture of the Earth that our students took. They sent this device to space to take a, a photo of the Earth. They made the TARDIS. They made this arcade cabinet. So many other things. We've gone to Japan. This will be our third trip. But the Joyful Rebellion podcast, where the students with a, a young black or brown mental health expert on to process this with them, uh, that has been honestly the highlight of my career. 
we were at a time where we were coming from the pandemics. Uh, people are just reopening and coming back out. There were mass shootings in Providence. Uh, and there were just so many feelings of isolation, so many other emotions. Mm -hmm. And being able to discuss those openly and have the comfort level where high schoolers are crying uh, with each other together uh, was the highlight of my career to know that I've created a space that's safe enough uh, for people to have those kind of difficult conversations and learn how to grow from them. Uh, so thank you, Keith, for saying that. That was that's honestly one of my favorite things. It's not the robots. It's not the picture. It's not the space stuff. Um, that's funny you said that because the shootings reminded me of when, like on a on like a less serious note, on a goofy note, uh, <laughs> it was kids playing with BB guns, and I got shot with BB guns <laughs> on the way home, and it was just literally half of us here got shot with. The yeah, it was. I don't know what happened, but there was like this time, like a few weeks where, or not like not now, but it was like a week where just a bunch of kids are just shooting BB guns and stuff like that. Or like the Orby guns. guns. Orby guns. Yeah. Orby guns. Can you tell it that's what it is when they pull it out? Yeah, it's yeah. like orange. Okay. It's like, it's clear orange. and orange. Yeah, it's not like... They pull orange. out like a Nerf gun. So instead of, of feeling like I'm going to die, you feel like this is going to hurt. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, yeah. Them darn kids. You run kids. either way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not trying to get hit with an Orby, you know, an Orby No, some of them are Orby guns. Uh, some are actually like small pellets. So we're going to make sure we walk Lori to the car uh, <laughs> and make sure that she's safe making it out. Lori, uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you again for having me. We really appreciate you being here. This has been another podcast from Highlander Charter School. I'm just Shut kidding. Up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> from the Warriors at Central Falls. Warriors at Central Falls, please say peace out to the world. Peace, peace out! out!